and welcome to the Nosy Fox Podcast with me, Natasha Murta. Each episode will be an interview with someone that I find interesting and has a story to tell that I believe is worth sharing. Some of the people I'll be talking to are people that I know, but some are strangers that for one reason or another, I wanted to get to know. This is a podcast about people and storytelling, two of my favorite things. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome to the Nosy Fox Podcast with me, Natasha Murta. Each episode will be an interview with someone that I find interesting and has a story to tell that I believe is worth sharing. Some of the people I'll be talking to are people that I know, but some are strangers that for one reason or another, I wanted to get to know. This is a podcast about people and storytelling, two of my favorite things. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy. I think it's safe to say that the last year was like no other. It was the year of COVID-19, which managed to shut the entire world down for nearly 365 days. Here in Ireland, our schools closed for a period, many of us lost our jobs, and those that didn't had to adapt to working from home. Our playgrounds and public spaces were closed off, our restaurants and pubs were shut, with many of them not knowing that they would never reopen their doors again. Massive sporting events were cancelled and our stadiums and pitches remained silent for the rest of the year. For the most part, in some way or another, life was put on pause and all we could do was wait. My guest this week on the Nosy Fox podcast is 29-year-old professional international field hockey player Chloe Watkins. Chloe was among the 2018 Irish hockey squad, which was the first Irish team to ever make it to a World Cup final. Chloe is now gearing up to fly to Tokyo to represent Ireland in the Olympics, after it was postponed last year. Chloe, you are very welcome on the Nosy Fox podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Chloe, you've had a fairly insane 12 months, to say the least, with most of it probably feeling like you were being left in the dark. A lot of your normal day-to-day life had been, you know, stripped away from you fairly instantly. Training, uh, meeting up with the team, uh, games, and then, of course, the Olympics being postponed. Do you finally feel like some kind of normality is is back in your life and things are getting back to how they used to be? It's feeling a lot more normal. Uh, yeah, the closer we're getting to the summer, I think. But at the same time, anxiety levels are still very high because of the risk that is still out there. And yeah, one positive test and we're not allowed on the plane to Tokyo. So it's still it's still very real in, in that sense, I guess. One positive test and you're not allowed on the plane? Yeah, basically, I mean... Um, they're going to be super strict. It's obviously not a, a normal Olympic Games, so they've put in place loads of protocols and and things to try and keep it as safe as possible. And obviously for the people of Japan and stuff. So um, yeah, you're, we're just we're testing before we leave. Like if you're positive, you can't go. You test then when you land. Then you're testing every other day over there. You know, temperature checks on the way to the pitch and stuff. And they were telling us like. 
um, 37.5 or something getting off the bus heading into the pitch and not allowed in even though it's going to be like 35 degrees and 100% humidity so it's going to be difficult to stay relatively cool but uh yeah just all this kind of stuff that's not normal. Wow and before we get into all of that I want to go back to your childhood and kind of figure out when hockey came into your life because it's my understanding that it was in the family. Um I as long as I can remember hockey's been in my life I think yeah my dad played but he also then coached us from whenever we were able to hold a hockey stick and he was coaching my brother's teams and then um, my sister and I when we started playing at like seven or eight um, always took the kind of school team or whatever and yeah I think one of my earliest memories is just being on a sideline watching my brother's game in a full ski suit when I was about four like just you know the way they used to just put kids in ski suits even though it's highly unnecessary but yeah and we we just I just remember watching hockey since you know I can remember this is going to be a controversial question but are you the most successful hockey player in your family (laughs) they're not well go on they might listen to this (laughs) uh well I think Ask me at the end of the summer because I still I still need to get over to the Olympics. So okay, but hypothetically speaking, if you well, get to the Olympics, you'll be an Olympian. Has anybody else in your family been an Olympian? No, no, I guess not. I'm like my dad would say whenever like we're around. I don't know his his like party piece is like oh. Chloe and I have 227 caps between us and like he has one so oh. <laughs> that's what he likes to go with so I suppose caps wise yeah I'm, I'm doing quite well and when so Chloe and I were in school together in St Andrews in Booterstown you were on the what other additional teams were you on outside of school or were you just did you just play for Andrews or were you on no played um, club hockey with Hermes from I played the senior team from when I was like 15 and then uh, Leinster and Irish teams as well, I suppose. And have you always played the same position? What do you normally play on the field? Yeah, midfield. Midfielder still. And when you were in school, was the training gruelling? Like how big was hockey in your life as a kid? Like uh, I, I only went to school because of hockey, I think. Like when I look back on it, like I really... The rest of it I didn't enjoy. I didn't like the day-to-day. Like, I'm sure nobody did. But, like, I'd only go because I had training after school. And I that's all I wanted to do. And the school cup and all that kind of stuff. It was just, like, felt like the biggest thing in my life. It probably was the biggest thing in my life. But it's the only thing that I remember being excited about with school. Um, and... Yeah, just playing with, obviously you're playing with all your friends against your other friends from other schools and that kind of thing. And it was just the best thing ever. What are some early memories, like happy memories of hockey when, while you were in school? What was the first big moment for you? Um, we Yeah, we were lucky in school. We were very successful, I suppose. Um, but I guess it, it was great when we got to sixth year and we won the All-Irelands with the school because that had never been done before and that was something we'd missed out on the year before and the year before that and yeah then it's kind of your last chance at it and doing that for the school and getting their name on it for the first time that was that was really great I think for me anyway. Were you the captain of the team back then? Yeah. 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 Star of the show. No, not at all. But just, the party was fun after. I remember that. Always. <laughs> 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 
And so after Andrews, then you went on to university. And were you? Did you play for a university, or what? Wh- how did your hockey career progress after school? Yeah, so I went to UCD then um, on a scholarship. So then I had to play for them. Um, so I left. I had to leave Hermes or whatever. Um, but that was actually great fun because then you're just back in the thick of it with everybody your own age. It's 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 competitive because you're still in the top league in Ireland, but you're still amongst other other students and having a bit of crack and you have varsities and all that kind of stuff. But then as well, in third year in college, I went on Erasmus uh, to Spain and I got to play with a club in Madrid and we won the Spanish League and the Spanish Cup and everything else. And it was, you know, there's five of the girls that are on the Spanish team that I played with in, in Club de Campo and we're still... Like I played, like played against them last week in the Europeans. Played against them in the semi-final of the World Cup. It's, it's great to have that kind of connection and to to keep coming up against them. And we're still great friends. Like they were so good to me when I went over. So it's kind of really, it's really fun to see how they're progressing, how I'm progressing, and we're all just still trying to. Like they're going to Tokyo as well. So it'll be cool to see them over there. Hopefully we won't come up against them in another semi-final. <laughs> and so that's amazing. So talk. Talk me through the timeline then, like up to up until now of your hockey career. So you got your scholarship into UCD. Yeah. Did your Erasmus and then what yeah. happened? And then uh, came back. So I was playing international hockey since like I got capped just after the leaving cert. Came home from Port Benoist after the leaving cert uh, in July and played my first cap for Ireland. And then... Um, yeah, I went into UCD and was kind of juggling that with college. So kind of college got dropped hugely for hockey. Like it was always just putting hockey first, you know, failed first year college because hockey was first and, and learned all those stupid lessons about balancing everything. But at the time we were trying to qualify for the London Olympics and that was, you know, then the biggest thing in my life. So uh, I, I didn't mind about the few exams that I'd have to repeat um, but then we we lost out in the final of the qualifier for that so that was like a big blow again and then uh, went to Spain had a great time over there came back uh, and then we were gearing up for the Rio qualifier for 2015 so it was just like this constant cycle of trying to break through to get to a major tournament with with the squad when you didn't qualify for the London Olympics and you weren't doing very well in college, did you? Were you worried? Were you kind of like, "Oh no, am I going to be sacrificing an education for a career in hockey that possibly might not happen?" Or did you? Were you just like, "These are the trials and tribulations of trying to make it in the hockey world." Yeah, like I was, what I was twenty, twenty one, um, so I was still not worried about life. I was still like, "No, hockey." like you know disappointed but still had another cycle ahead of me and was very much like had learned a lot from that failure and was like okay like we can do this next time because we had a a good group if you know what I mean it was kind of um the team was kind of regenerating and there was a few new changes and that kind of thing new, new coach and stuff so I was like no like hockey still still hockey family uh don't worry mum like I'll repeat the exams but I'm still doing hockey is my main priority so uh yeah that's that's why I suppose when I went to Spain I made sure to like contact a really good club and try and get into that team and do well over there and it set me up really well then when I came home uh with the Irish team I just gained so much experience from 
living abroad and that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, then towards, I was just doing my finals just before the, the Rio qualifier in 2015. So it was all kind of happening and it was like, didn't do amazingly in the, the, I think I had four exams in the May and our qualifier was in June and I was, I didn't do amazing. Like they were a bit stressful and brained a few of them, but then it was just like, okay, well we're on to Valencia now for the qualifier. So I don't really care. You know, we're going to, we're going to qualify for the Olympics. So I, like, I don't care. <laughs> and then we didn't, we, we lost in a shootout, like penalties to, to not qualify. And it was just like, and that's when I think we fell off a cliff a bit because it was just like oh fuck like we we were convinced because we had put so much work in so we were just convinced that we were going to do it that time what was it like when you like talk to talk about the 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 shootout what was that like what does that entail so explain it for someone that doesn't know anything about hockey yes it's a stick and a ball involved (laughs) so there's it's essentially a penalty shootout so you're, you're you're an attacker you're on the sort of 25 you've eight seconds to score a goal you're one-on-one with the keeper and yeah you've just eight seconds to get it in the goal um and you have five people taking them and it's just the exact same as like a penalty shootout in 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 football that you'd take turns whatever it is so like (laughs) it was a really stressful like it was just we were playing China and they were ranked way above us and we on paper we didn't have any chance but we had kept them to a draw we were doing super well like we had topped our group we'd done so so well and then it was like a shootout kind of anybody's game and it was just what was the score in the shootout it went to sudden death yeah it was it was like a whisker we hit the post they scored what was did, did you take one of the shots were you one of the five no no I didn't back what then. was what would the pressure be like yeah well it's it's funny, it's so weird how it comes full circle because then we ended up qualifying for, uh, I'm like, where are we going? Tokyo on shootouts, sudden death shootouts this time around. Like it still went to sudden death shootouts, but it was just, we had learned so much and grown as a group that it was like, and I ended up taking one this time around because I knew at the time I probably didn't contribute enough and I'm like, I need to do better. I know I could be in a position to take one and I need to take one if, like, you have to take that responsibility if you're able to take one, so... You put yourself forward? This time around, yeah. Yeah. So, for Tokyo, uh, for the Tokyo qualifier, then I took one. And what um, place were you in taking it? Were you the last, the first, the second? The last, yeah. <laughs> I had to score to then for it to, to not lose. So we'd, we weren't doing super well, but then, like... I had to score mine to then send it to sudden death. So if I'd missed, we would have not qualified. As just like if if Aisha hadn't saved it, we wouldn't have qualified either. So that's insane. Yeah. So it's basically you are the reason you're going to the Olympics. Basically. No, no, no. But where's my right? That's um, insane. You must have been so happy. Yeah, it was. It was just like, it was the most insane day ever. It, it was. It topped the World Cup without a doubt. Like. For really? all of us, yeah. It was just such a long... Like, the World Cup was incredible, but this was just something we had tried and tried and tried and failed and 
put everything into and then it came down to that so it was just like it was the best yeah and then it was in Donnybrook and we never thought we'd be able to be playing it in Dublin like we didn't think that would happen you know you could be anywhere in the world playing that qualifier but it happened to be in Dublin so and what did you do that night or after the go on um how ripped did you get (laughs) (laughs) it was actually such a good night so we we were staying in the Sandy Mount Hotel so that was uh they put on a spread for us we went back there and then we sadly we went straight to Coppers oh yeah I mean it was great but when we looked back we were like it was premature (laughs) and yeah we stayed there until the lights came on and then walked up to get some chicken selects in McDonald's and was like living the glamorous life (laughs) it was really terrible but uh no it was good it was good but everyone was just buzzing and so talk about then once you knew that you were going to the Olympics what was the process of training and talk about right up until it was cancelled because of covid yeah so then so we qualified in november 2019 then you know you only have a couple of months run in to an olympic games which are the july 2020 and in march you're kind of you've come through that horrible winter training period of you know december january february the weather's horrible you're still outside you're just pushing through it they're flogging you because they can and they have to see how much they can push you and who's going to come through it and obviously getting all the fitness and everything that you have to build up and then you've just gotten through that and we're getting to matches and and selections and that kind of thing at the end of March and it gets pulled so we were like very drained at that point it was just like the rug being pulled from under us because it was yeah, it was just, we were we were exhausted and... Do you remember the com- the conversation? Who told you? Was it your coach or what? No, like it was funny because we were actually, um, obviously COVID had hit a, like a week or two before it got postponed. So we were doing a Zoom meeting um, with the team. Like we were, we were going through some video or something on some country that we were due to play. And then on Twitter, it was like, oh... Tokyo's postponed like Olympics are postponed and everyone was on the call and we were all just like sorry can can we all just stop here for a second and then that's how we found out like nobody that's uh, it was really weird so that's why we constantly had this anxiety that like it could get cancelled at any moment and we're just going to find out on social media because that's where things break first and you just don't know so it's just and so how long were you how long were you out of training for yeah, so then we just, everything got pulled. So we were just like, we can't get our heads around this right now. It's too difficult to continue to, to train. Well, we weren't allowed to train together and nobody had the motivation to train by themselves at that moment. So it was just, it was really hard to take and we just had to take like a month to to just get our heads right um, and, and away from the program. So then towards uh, June we started remote training again and that kind of thing and we had programs in place and you know the weather was nice and you're kind of just ticking along and you've kind of got your head around another year of training for this olympics and figuring out your life and work and studies and everything else that everybody had to do and making the commitment again and some people stepped away and some people stayed so it was it was kind of a funny time and then 
by September we were obviously back on the pitch, back training together, all guns blazing for Tokyo. And what was it like when you were finally back on the pitch together? Did it feel like you were rusty? Did it feel like you you'd like done loads of damage or lost loads of hard work? Yeah, it was like as long as like I can remember, I've never had that period off hockey. Like from March to September. That was, you know, I don't know, six months. I've never ever not played hockey for six months since I was probably 13 and then suddenly my body like all our bodies were just like the load was completely gone and maybe more so like my age and and the girls that are more towards the end of their careers and have been doing it for longer like your body just you can't just stop and then expect to just hop back in uh especially with hockey because it's just so hard on your body um and the running doesn't really replicate the, the the stress that hockey puts on your body. So getting back in in September, I tore my hamstring straight away. It was like just at the end of August, tore the hamstring. was just like brilliant. What do I do now? It was like out for six weeks then. Other people were picking up niggles. And then, you know, over the, la- the last couple of months, we've had some serious injuries to to girls in the squad who've then been ruled out for the summer and ACLs and knee injuries that you're out for a year like and it's it's been horrible so it's just been this unprecedented time that nobody knows how to to deal with but you know thankfully I mean we've got through the the toughest part of it um when you're just training every single day and you're not doing it for matches or anything that immediate it's quite hard it's just it's been really tough like it's been the definitely the hardest period that I've ever remembered um just because you you just you know you don't play hockey to train you obviously play to compete and to play matches and then that's taken away in the immediate you know short term and you're just slogging away training 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 day after day and it's just yeah, it, it was just mentally very tough. And then physically, because of COVID and taking that away, it was just hard to get back into it. Like, Were there any girls on the team that sort of cracked and couldn't do it and walked away? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. You see, obviously, everybody had this extra time in their life now to just kind of sit and think and experience their, you know, surroundings and to be back out in life like during COVID where you were working from home you were nipping down you know you had time back on your on your side because the commute and everything was gone so people probably rediscovered their life a little bit and when they take time away from the program it's really tough to then jump back into something that's such a huge commitment so you know for for various reasons a couple of other girls did step away and they were happy with their decision and they're still happy with their decision and it was the right decision for them but yeah it's it's just it was a tough one as well because you're obviously still only a few months out from an Olympic Games. Did you did it cross your mind? No no I no I've come this far if I stepped away I no that never ever crossed my mind um I knew it was going to be a really tough couple of months and I was dreading it a little bit, but I, I definitely wouldn't have ever stepped away. In those months, what did you do? How did you fill your time? Um, luckily, I was able to to go back to work. I was really lucky in that sense. Um, my employers were so good to me. They literally rang me 
couple of weeks after the Olympics got postponed and we're like, look, if you want to come back, um, we can send you out your laptop, you can work from home. Like, happy to do that. And I jumped at it because um, I needed a routine back. And as well, I'm on a training contract and I have exams for that side of my life. So I was like, it's an opportunity to to take off a bit more time from that and maybe get an exam or two and, and just focus on that. I just needed to focus and distract myself from the you know losing the olympic games um so that was really great yeah and tell me now <clears throat> things are sort of trying to get back to normal and you're due to be going did you say the 7th of july uh the 9th 9th you told me earlier that you have like a little bit of anxiety about things talk about that yeah well it's like it's it's funny it's just it's two weeks away or whatever, but you, I think all of us on the team are the same. We just want to be over there in our bubble and safe, <laughs> essentially. And it's like, you know, you get home and you get tempted to do things or to you want to do things, but it's just the risk is still there. And it feels a million times worse because, as we mentioned before, you know, any slip up now is gonna is gonna cost you and probably rule you out. So, um, it's just a kind of a scary. It's a really weird, scary time, but it's also a really exciting time. If somebody does get COVID and they can't go, does somebody that wasn't selected just take their place, or there, there's obviously backup? Um, or does the whole team get pulled? No, no. Well, right now we've we've been away from each other, so we're not close contacts this week. Um. So it all depends, but yeah, it's like there are reserves that are named um, and that kind of thing. So it, yeah, somebody would just step in probably. Will the reserves go on the plane with you? Yeah, there's there's three travelling reserves, yeah. Okay. And do you know what the process will be when you get to Tokyo? So you're going over on a plane with other people? As far as I know, um, Team Ireland kind of leave on the 9th. Um, I don't know if that's all sports and all disciplines, but certainly a good chunk. Yeah. Okay, so you're going to be travelling with, like, Team Ireland for the Olympics. Yeah, and That's the exciting. management and staff and all that kind of stuff, as far as I know, yeah. And how many teams from Ireland are going? Um, so, I know other sports are still qualifying. So, the Rugby Sevens just qualified yesterday. Uh, the Rowers are qualified. Athletics are currently qualifying some have some are still qualifying this week i think um badminton have qualified like there's there's a a good amount uh gymnastics you know boxers they've all qualified now so it's literally just i think this week could be the last of the qualifiers for for the whatever sports are left forgive me for my ignorance but like is that quite a lot of teams going over yeah, well, it's, you know, Team Ireland probably, you know, compared to, say, Team GB or Team USA, like, we wouldn't have as many. Um, uh, but, yeah, it's probably, it's probably going to be 60-odd people, like, I I can imagine. Um, and who, what, um, in hockey, what, uh, what teams are you most scared of playing against? Um... Well, we have to play the Dutch again, which they're just so, so good. <laughs> they're, like, to put in perspective, it's hard for people, like, obviously, 
if you're not familiar with hockey, it's hard to understand the different teams. But like everybody knows the All Blacks in rugby and how successful and dominant they were. Holland women's team are even more successful than them. Like they're they've lost two games in the last 100 games they've played, and since Rio the Rio Olympic final they lost the final and since then they've only lost two games in five years (laughs) so they're just they're incredible they like they won the Europeans last week for the eighth eighth time in a row and that happens every two years so they're just are you hoping that another country is going to take them out before they get to you (laughs) is that how it works (laughs) yeah we're trying to trying to nudge somebody else in the way I mean they have somebody has to beat them you know somebody has to beat them so you never know but they're just a a very impressive outfit I guess yeah so we'll come up against them again they're in our group it's not it's not a huge decider there's two groups of six yeah and the bottom two in each group go home and then everybody plays a quarterfinal so you have to beat a couple of, you know, you okay. don't have to beat Holland necessarily to get right. through. Who's in your group? South Africa, uh, Germany, GB, Holland, India, and ourselves. And how did they determine the groups? Is there, does it mean anything at all or is it just random pick? I think it was world ranking, uh, world ranking places, I think. I think that's how they did it. Sorry, who is the, what is the ranking in, ho- in hockey? So Holland are number one. Right. Yeah. And then it's like um, Argentina, maybe Germany, um, GB, like Australia, New Zealand, Spain, ourselves. We're number eight. Um, Yeah. And then it's like India, South Africa. So it's essentially the top 12 teams in the world. Okay. And if you win the Olympics, what number do you go to? Oh, we'd get stupid ranking points. <laughs> you wouldn't get straight to one because Holland are so far ahead. You have to like accumulate points. Okay. But it would probably shoot us up. I wouldn't care as long as you got the gold medal anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. Imagine you won. <laughs> Does that make you excited more than anything else? Yeah. Like, I actually don't even know. Yeah. Like, all I can keep picturing is like the podium and being on the podium and hearing the anthem being sung out like I can't even I know no one would be there but like I don't even it would be weird but it would still be special oh my god I can't yeah we're gonna do everything we can it gives me goosebumps I know like it's our first ever Olympics yet why not get a medal I mean why not try for a medal like you know, we have a good we have a good opportunity. It's just you never know. But yeah, it would be it would be crazy. And so you, it doesn't matter to you that the stadium is going to be empty. You've was the world the World Cup. There was nobody there, right? Uh, the World Cup there was that was in twenty eighteen. Oh, okay. So of course, yeah, yeah, but the Europeans there there was limited people. There was only a few sporadic people in the crowd. But yeah, I heard they said they're going to let 10,000 fans into events in Tokyo. They literally announced yeah. that this morning, I think. Only people from Japan. Japan, yeah. So, yeah, it doesn't bother. It doesn't bother us, I don't think. No. Of course, like, having your family would be, so, like, for them, it would be great. It would be special. But we're very used to playing in front of absolutely no one. So, you know. 
And do you think, so again, just back to the anxiety, let's go back to your anxiety, Chloe. <laughs> you were just, like, you don't, you, had you suffered from anxiety before or is this definitely something that's happened from COVID? Oh no, yeah, I'm not an anxious, worried person. I really, I really, yeah, I don't worry very easily at all. And I just find myself now, like, just being it, like in this weird mood that I just, I've never experienced before and I'm just like conscious of all these things that are like attacking me and, and coming at me and I'm just like scared of them I'm just stressed it stresses you out like it's 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 a weird feeling but it's is everybody's it, working with it I think is it the stress is it the fear that the Olympics will be taken away from you or is it greater than that is it more in general like life no I think yeah I think I think it is because it was the Olympics were taken away temporarily but still taken away like I never imagined that would be would have been a possibility last year. Like even when COVID broke in like the January and some of the girls were like, oh, what if Tokyo's cancelled? I was like, don't be, like it's the Olympic Games. They're not going to cancel an Olympic Games. Like don't be daft. Like, and then they got postponed. And it just seems like anything is possible right now. And like we're get, we've gotten, we've just done it again. And we stuck with it and you get so, so close. So we're just so, so close now. We're in touching distance. I just want to get over there and just just get there. I'm not afraid they're going to be cancelled, but I'm just, I just want to be there. Do you feel as a team that you're stronger this time around? Um, yeah, I think so. I know we've lost a few, a few injuries. That's been really sad. Um, but I think... We're probably the fittest we've ever been. We have probably learned a huge amount, resilient, uh, like resilience-wise and and mentally, just pushing through the last few months. Um, it probably has made everybody that extra bit, you know, more motivated and hungry for this. So I think we are in a good place. Yeah. Mm. And when this is over, you're twenty nine now. I am, thank you. Shout it a bit louder. I'm 29. <laughs> what is... Well, God, when is your career so over? <laughs> I'm like mentally still probably 23, 24. <sighs> I think I stopped. When does a hockey player's <laughs> career end? How long do you have left? <laughs> yeah. Time of death. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. It's, oh, it's just such a commitment. You literally... Yeah. It's it's a tough like I've been doing it now for eleven years, and yeah, I think you know this has been the goal to chase the Olympics, and I just have to reassess after this. It's hard to it's hard to indefinitely say that I'm never going to play for Ireland again or anything like that, but I certainly will need some space to assess and do life for a bit and finish you know, my accountancy exams and finish work and just have fun and do social things again. Can you Not have training. Can you imagine your life without hockey right now? Yeah. Well, for a short period, I'm like, oh yeah, I'd love it. But then I know after a week, I'd probably be like, should we do some stick and ball? <laughs> no, it would be, I, yeah, I don't know. I think I certainly am in a different place to a few years ago. Like, Really? mm Definitely. Like there's other things I want to do and experience and 
just be able to do it's like you you like training always comes first like always so it's like oh I can't do that because I've training or if a trip is coming up or you know people are going away you have to check the schedule that you have for the next six months and you're like oh no I actually have training that weekend but I have two days in September that I can do something does anyone want to do you know it's just that's what it's been like forever so I think not having that would be insane just yeah let's do that tomorrow I want to go there what are some of the things you feel that you've missed out on apart from trip like did have you did you ever go traveling or did you ever want to go traveling like um yeah I, I never I never got to do like you know the J1 I always I always would have loved to go into America but at the same time I've gone everywhere in the world but with hockey um so it's it's not the same but it's still amazing um and I think you know uh like a few years ago we were in New Zealand for a tournament and a couple of us you know I'm lucky that some of my best friends are on the team now just and we're able to experience things together but we were able to take two weeks after that and stay in New Zealand and see New Zealand for a little bit like you could take six months because New Zealand is so amazing but that was great but yeah there's no like six weeks traveling or anything like that god no it's been like a week in Spain <laughs> which is fine but uh yeah I'd what, love to what are one of the cooler places you've been New Zealand I'd say was pretty amazing New Zealand was my favorite um there's just so much to do and see and everything like all the food is just so good everywhere you go it's just amazing uh so I would love to go back and kind of do more of it um and yeah you you see the thing like Japan and and that side of Asia I would have loved to explore a bit more but I just don't think it'll be a possibility you know now at this at this time so you never know I think that that could be cool to go back to and see Mm-hmm. and what about your you talk about missing out with like friends and stuff like that not being able to do this and that yeah like talk about like how hockey's affected your personal life obviously thankfully your family is hockey mad but like do you feel like you have been removed from a, a personal side of your life in a way yeah probably yeah like it's 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 just a different yeah you just you just like you're in a different world you're in a different like space and you'd probably like if I think back to school like I've gone on a different sort of curve and you miss out on keeping those kind of connections and doing things more regularly and being able to you know head off for the weekends and all those kind of smaller trips that happen and and then, you know, all those kind of stuff, like even like birthdays or like stupid things that you just don't really, you don't really get to, to celebrate or be involved with. And then, you know, hockey is, there's no off season with it. There's just, it's it's constant. So it's like, there's no real, as I said, you probably get a week or two, maybe after a major tournament and then it's back in. So it's definitely felt like, you know, I've lost connections over over the years. Now, having said that, I've built best friends as well. So 
it that feeds into the social side of it if we didn't have that as a team we're very close and we have a, we have great fun and if we didn't have that it would it would be really hard because you need to have that social side of it um because you can't do the the everyday regular week-to-week things that maybe your friends are doing um so we are lucky that we all get on we all have good crack and that's really really important because I, I wouldn't have been able to stick with it if it hadn't been fun mm-hmm. and what's your what's your favorite thing about hockey or what's the best thing that hockey's given you over your 11 year career Ooh, um, it's I don't know if maybe I haven't got it yet I don't know um it's it's probably achieving something that you've been working towards with your best friends for years that that was probably the most satisfying part of it that it was like like I know it's my choice to be involved and it's my choice to give up other things and to sacrifice this that and the other and to commit to it but like you know that everybody else is doing that as well and so then when you finally achieve because there's so many crap times like it's it's not you know the world cup and all the like that was like a fraction it's mainly bad (laughs) no but it's it's more tough times than great good times so it's getting through those tough times and then getting to achieve the great times with with the rest of the girls because you know everyone's put in the same amount of commitment that's probably the best feeling that it's given me is there anything you would change or would have changed that you did if you know you would have done differently or do you have any regrets or decisions um which you didn't uh that's i mean i think i would have i would have stepped up earlier i would have taken more responsibility earlier on in my career probably um Sometimes, you know, if somebody says something to you, you say, okay, and you step back rather than saying, I actually think I'm able to do a bit more here or I'm able to do better here and go for it yourself a bit more. And, you know, maybe once or twice that happened, I shouldn't have let it happen. Whereas, and also when you're early 20s, that's kind of how you've, you're not sure of yourself, but yeah, now you're just like, I know what I can do and I can't do, so... Now that you're older, you're wiser. <laughs> now that I'm 29. <laughs> now, I don't know if this is a ridiculous question to ask, but what does your gut say? Are you going to win? <laughs> the whole country is waiting for a gold medal. <laughs> oh, God. You know what? Uh... My gut is saying that we can do something special again. And yeah, I think if it all aligns, it all comes together. I know that every other country hates playing us. So that's the best feeling too. So, you know, they hate us. They hate playing us. We make it hard for other people and other teams. So having that is kind of, you know. I'm not even on the team and I feel cool. (laughs) You are cool. <laughs> That's so cool that everyone hates playing Ireland. Yeah, I think, I think you know, you definitely get that like, oh, you know, they don't want to come up against us. That's deadly. 
Because we're a bit of a bogey team. Yeah, we can be unpredictable. We can be terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Or we can win the silver medals. Oh, no. But, yeah, it is. It's all all so competitive. So we just have to do our best. Well, look, best of luck. I think you're going to come home with gold medals. (laughs) All of you. (laughs) One spare one for me, please. Yeah, of course. (laughs) And I hope, you know, in the run-up to the 9th of July, everything runs smoothly and you all stay safe. And don't get any germs and you you get on that plane and you get back to being in your bubble and you do the country proud. No pressure. None at all. Thank you very much. I'm very excited now that you're talking about it. So, Thank you, Chloe, for being on the Nosy Fox podcast. Thank you for having me.